fasten your seatbelt. I am taking you for the ride of your life. I'm going to show you what this car can really do. Are you ready? I am ready. Hang on. Okay. Here we go. Hold on to your butts. Go get him, kid. It might be a tumor. It's not a tumor. Not a tumor at all. If you're going to ask me, so you can go ahead and ask me what you're going to ask me. And my natural response could be to get offended. Hey, want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. All right, all right, all right. You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. One movie each week. 30 years in the making. It's John. It's Bo. It's the 30-something movie podcast. Bo, how's it going? I'm doing well, John. Yourself? I'm not at work, so I'm fine. Amen to that. I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm fine! <laughs> We're all just fine here. We're Thanks. all fine here now. Thank you. How are you? Um, give us a minute to lock it down. Large leak... Very dangerous. So. A lot of sap. Very it's, full. <laughs> a lot of sap in here. <clears throat> All right. It's not Christmas time. Uh, but it is. Uh, are, are you ready to fly tonight, Bo? Let's fly. Let's fly. All right. It is. Uh, our episode this time around is Passenger 57. Um, before we get into that, we do spoil freely, so this is your only spoiler alert. We're just we're talking freely here, so if you hear us mention a movie you haven't seen, and most of the movies we talk about tend to be in the 80s and 90s, I don't know what you're doing with your life, but just be aware, if we mention the name of a movie and you don't want to hear anything about that movie, I recommend there is there is this ancient method where what you do is you take um, you take potentially your index fingers, but it could be something different. Um, you shove them in your ear holes and you go la 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 for about 10 seconds. Or the slightly more modern method, you hit that little skip button on your phone and go forward like 10, 20 seconds or so. Um, or you don't listen to the episode, but then you miss out on our beautiful voices. Which would really just be a crime. It would be. It would be. I mean, it would be a complete shame because we, I mean, I feel like he was a madman. <laughs> but on the other hand, he had a beautiful singing voice. So uh, there's that, and then visit our website, 30podcast.com. That is the number 30 and the word podcast.com, where you can rate, leave a voicemail, become a co-executive producer via Patreon. Uh, we've got a bunch of extra bonus episodes that are on Patreon there if you join us. And if you join us at any level on Patreon, um, if you go to Patreon, it, it has like a $3 level is the moral support level for the show. But you could even join for as little as a dollar a month on Patreon and still get access to all those bonus episodes. So, frankly, what are you waiting for? I mean, a dollar a month, that's, you could probably sneeze and a dollar of change would fall out of your pocket. So. That's a lot of change. I keep a lot of change in my pocket sometimes. Apparently. Yeah. I just I always figure if I'm if I'm gonna punch somebody I want to have enough quarters in my hand so that oh. I don't like, break any bones or anything. There I've you never go. I've never punched anyone in my entire life, but I just want to be ready in case. I guess preparedness is good. Yeah, I don't know. I was never a Boy Scout, but I kind of feel like always be prepared. Sure. Yeah. Well, um, 
But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, if, if you are not joining us over there on Patreon as a co-executive producer, um, I would highly recommend you go on over there and take a look. Um, we have a lot of great episodes that we've done that are the bonus episodes for over there. There's a bunch of other perks that are there as well where you get to suggest a movie for us. You get to come on as a co-host for an episode. All kinds of really great stuff over there. So if you are if you are so inclined, um, I would just ask that you, you go on over there and consider possibly joining us at some level on Patreon. The other thing about that too is anything that goes, uh, anything that we get back from the Patreon support, um, we really put that back into the show, like to try to make it a better experience for all of you, and try to we'd have more opportunities to offer some other bonus content and things like that. So um, you know, anything that goes into that just comes right back into the show. Uh, none of us are going out and like buying a bunch of jewelry or anything like that. So don't worry about. I mean, Bo might. You mean you don't like my new gold chain? Mr. B.O. Baracus over here. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you look exactly like Mr. T. That's what I'm implying. Okay, second Mr. T reference this week. Like, what is going on this week? What did it? What was the first Mr. T reference? It was a post on Facebook. Somebody remembering Mr. Seeing Mr. T driving in his rolls in the white fur coat in Lake Forest. I mean. Okay. I, this, I'm telling you, <laughs> stars are aligning. Mercury is ascending, or okay. whatever the heck Mercury does. It's, this week is very strange, uh-huh. and it's not over. Oh, it's not over yet. <laughs> it's not over yet, princess. Um, I thought you were gonna say like you went to go like tech help somebody at school, and you're like, I pity the fool that don't answer my tech ticket. Well. <laughs> Yes, yes, but never with anyone present, <laughs> oh, okay. those words said. Okay. That's a shame. I feel like that would be fun. For some. I mean, you might also get somebody complaining, but... That's... Exactly. Life is short. Um, <laughs> just like me, life is short. <laughs> All right. Well, tonight's episode, or today... Did you the... mention that we're oh. part of a podcast network? I did not mention we are part of a podcast network. We are part of the Scene Stealers podcast network so if you want to head over to scenestealersglobal.com you can do that um they have a roster of talent that you can book for your comic-con or event so head on over to their website and check that one out too thank you for the reminder bo hey i do what i can um so let's see i don't think we have anything else before jumping on into uh into passenger 57 here we could we could jump into the podcast and then we could jump out of the podcast and then at some and point then we could climb up the landing gear yes. and back into the podcast, and back into the podcast, and then ultimately kick someone out of the podcast. Yes, because yes. someone has to be going out at all times, yes. apparently. And at one point, my handcuffs could disappear. Yes. Yes. Why I brought handcuffs to a podcast? The world will never know. Nor does it want to. But it's three licks. I think. I don't remember. Anyway, Wesley Snipes, ladies and gentlemen, Wesley Snipes. Um, we, we're we're going to get to, we had this whole conversation before the podcast started, and we're like, maybe we should wait and just record this. But uh, we started going off on, on little tangents, like the, the meditation with the incense, like, they just, like, like why, where, all of the what, questions. What, what is it necessary for the character? Was there anything in that scene that developed later? All of the questions you ask in journalism school, why, where, who, how, when, how much. Did it motivate the character in some way that I'm missing? Right. I, uh, yeah. 
and his wife Lisa dies, and he, you know, that part where he gets on his knees in the convenience store and just yells, "You're tearing me apart, Lisa!" I thought was very interesting. It was, um, it was way before its time. I felt. <laughs> That's another good point, though. I'm not sure what the Lisa thing brought to the character either. I don't know. Like he just could have been an airline security specialist. Uh huh. Yeah. We're kind of we haven't even started talking about the movie. Yet, I know. We're kind of I know. We should it. probably talk about the movie first. Did, spoiler alert for this one, though. I think we both enjoyed it. Well, that's the thing. Like sometimes I feel like we're mean to movies that we like yeah. inappropriately, but I like this movie. Well, it's kind of sometimes, especially if we've had a little bit of a punchy week, it's like the way that all of us here on the podcast are to each other. Yeah, we like indeed. each other. We enjoy each other's company, but sometimes we can be a little punchy with each other. Mm. So, I mean, it's mostly for comedic effect, but yeah. It, right. And as we also have discussed earlier, it's usually just to amuse ourselves. Well, that's true too. And that's really all. <laughs> because really, as long as we think it's funny. <laughs> As I, there are plenty of things. As I was writing down some notes for this episode, there's plenty of things I'm writing down, and I'm just laughing to myself, and I'm like, these are totally not going to hit if I say them on the podcast. <laughs> but I don't. Well, that's why you write them down first, because then you're right. like, oh yeah, don't use that one. I wrote don't them down. That I, one. I wrote them down. I said them to myself. I'm like, oh, that's so good. Nobody else is going to get it. Nah, that's all right. This is the. Some of these will go out to that one person on Twitter. An audience of one is not is still an audience. Audience the... of one. That's you know what? If we ever wanted to change our podcast motto, we could steal the one from the army. <laughs> Just be like thirty podcast, an audience of one. An audience of one. Yeah. That does not include any of our wives. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Not by any stretch of the imagination. Are you still doing that thing? Yeah. I... Where do you what do you do in the basement once a week for, for three hours? Did you not notice that I disappear once a week and <laughs> No, actually. <laughs> no, that's all right. It's what are you doing down there? I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. You're just trying to lock down this leak here, uh, uh yeah. big leak. It's, a lot of sap. <laughs> it's a lot of sap a lot of sap. All right. Merry Christmas. Uh, the movie this time around is Passenger 57, uh, which uh, is part of the Heinz variety family. Um, it's very tasty. Um, <laughs> okay, so embarrassed to say hadn't made that connection till just now when you said that. Did you know, th but that's actually why that became the title? Was because I the writer apparently did not read that one. <laughs> the writer apparently was like looking at a Heinz bottle and he's like, Heinz 57, passenger 57. It's like, what the? <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, I guess, you know, there are stories of all the, all the Star Trek shows using 47 over and over again. They're yeah. dumber reasons, but yeah. still. Well. That's outstanding. Well, this one came out on the 6th of November, 1992. Remember, remember. Um, rated the, that's the next day, so I don't know why. Uh, it was rated R with a runtime of one hour and 24 minutes. I don't know if it is. There's got to be some shorter. Is this the shortest action movie that's ever been, that's not ever been made, but it's a short action Actually, It really movie. is. It's a quick, easy watch. Yeah. I mean, anything under 90 minutes is... Um, and it's funny, it's under 90 minutes, and we were just talking about two scenes that they could have cut. Yeah. It would have been even shorter. Yeah. 
But I think I think that's good. I think it's okay if you can tell a story in 80 minutes, tell your story in 80 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we talk about a lot of movies that drag on and go too slow and have a bunch of crap you don't need. Mm-hmm. And I don't think this movie lacks for story. No. It's a simple story. I mean, it's a hijacking. It lacks for cohesion in its story. Well, but yeah, but... It doesn't lack for story. Right, but, I like, it lacks cohesion, but I also don't feel like I did... I don't know. I knew... I know what happened. Oh, like, yeah. yeah. There was a hijacking. There were some fights. Yeah. The good guys want, like... I don't walk away going, gosh, I need an extra 20 minutes of explanation. Yeah. Eh, simple, easy peasy. Uh, directed by Kevin Hooks, who also did Strictly Business and Black Dog. Um, always bet on black, by the way. Um, producers for this one were Dan Paulson, Lee Rich, who died in 2012, and Dylan Sellers. Uh, Paulson did Catch Fire and Panic in the Skies. Rich did Just Cause and The Score. Sellers did The Giver and Agent Cody Banks. Writers for this one were Stuart Raffle, who did the story. Dan Gordon did Story and Screenplay. David Larry did the screenplay. Raffle did The Ice Pirates and Mac and Me. Gordon did Wyatt Earp and The Hurricane. And Lowry did Lakeview Terrace and Star Trek V. I'm sure he's very happy to be known for. Um, cinematography- what does God need with a starship? What does God need with a starship? Uh, excuse me. Excuse me. Uh, Mark Irwin did the cinematography. also did Robocop 2 and Scream. Editor was Richard Nord, who did The Fugitive and Species 2. Uh, and then music was done by Stanley Clark, who did Boys in the Hood and The Transporter. Budget on this one was $15 million. Box office was $66 million. So, I mean, they made their money back. So How are you? This is Wesley Snipes. I'm not going to say at his hottest, but yeah. he's not not hot at this point. It's kind of like at the early part of his prime. Because mm-hmm. after this, you get a bunch of movies in the 90s where he's he's pretty much the ticket. Because uh, mm-hmm. this is before Blade. This is before, yep. uh, what's the one, Murder, Murder at 1600? Yep. Um, this is before Art of War. What's, what's some of the other ones? Just Cause, I think, is one of the other ones. Um, Money I mean, Train. A, yeah. Rising Sun. Ooh, oh, Rising Sun. That was the one that? I was thinking about. Not Just Cause. Rising Sun is the one I'm thinking about. <sighs> um, yeah. And then what? Uh, he was he? White Men Can't Jump is 92. Okay. Um... Was was Wesley Snipes, and I'm blanking out right now, was he in um, U.S. Marshals, like the sequel to Fugitive? Yes. I figured, I thought he was the criminal. Isn't he the criminal? He was. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, or the Fugitive. That's, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, his his 90s list is, is Demolition Man. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I don't even know why I didn't mention that one. That's like one of my favorite yeah, movies. I was going to say, that's like your movie. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Blade is late nineties. Yeah. So yeah, Blade I mean, two. He's, yeah, he's kind I mean, of he's like at keeps the be- going. He's at the beginning of his prime, but mm-hmm. yeah. But he's already done. He was Willie Mays Hayes in Major League. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is not his first. Not his first rodeo. Which, oddly enough, is the only thing this movie was missing was a rodeo. Right. <laughs> this might have been. I don't remember Kings of. I don't remember King of New York really well. No. Um, but Mo Better Blues. Yeah. And Jungle Fever. 
New Jack City. I don't know if I remember that one so well either, but this might have been his first, like, kick-butt martial arts movie. Yeah. And then he went on to do how many more after that? Right, right. Uh, Flick Metrics gives this one a 52%. Cinema Score gives it a B. Uh, starring Wesley 52%? Snipes. 52%? 52%. Yeah, it's it's got a pretty... I think it's like a 24 on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, my gosh. That's right. He it was is, in Wildcats. It is rotten on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> was he in Wildcats? Yeah, he was in Wildcats. He was. Yeah. I'm flipping through yep. some pictures right now. That's awesome. Uh, so Wesley, Wesley Snipes plays John Cutter. He was in Blade, Demolition Man, and White Men Can't Jump. Bruce Payne played Charles Rain. Well, there's a rhyme for you. Um, right. Was in Highlander Endgame and Absolute Beginners. Tom Sizemore played Sly Del Vecchio. He was in Saving Private Ryan and Black Hawk Down. Alex Datcher played Marty Slayton. She was in Star Trek The Next Generation and The Expert. Bruce Greenwood played Stuart Ramsey. He was in 13 Days and Star How Trek How about a young Bruce Greenwood? Yeah. Holy crap. I didn't recognize him. I heard oh, his yeah. voice. And I was like, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had to look it up. I was not expecting that. Yes, sir, Captain that Pike, was... sir. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. That was awesome. Uh, Robert Hooks, who played Dwight Henderson, who is actually the director's father, um, was in Star Trek Three and Trouble Man. A very, very young Elizabeth Hurley. I think this was the first thing she was ever in. One of the first, it says, yeah. yeah. Uh, she played Sabrina Ritchie. She was in Austin Powers. Oh, behave and be dazzled. And then Michael Horse played uh, Forget. It's French. It's French. It's actually, I, hold on. But I, I have it right here. I wanted to make sure I had that one available for us. Forget. It's French. I, I didn't want a Forget to play that one. So <laughs> it's there. It's there, and it may get used multiple times this episode. Got to get your money's worth out so of we'll that just, soundboard, we'll that's just, for sure. We'll just see. Well, Pat's not here for me to, like, have my questions rejected by him or to be Pat-splained. Or so to be Pat-splained. I, was, I feel like yes. I need to be. When you, uh, yeah. I need to be Forget-splained. <laughs> Which I, nope, never mind. Nope. <laughs> it's it's French, Bo. I don't know if you knew that or not. So I've been told. It's, uh, the French are. The French are an interesting, interesting people. Lovely people. Aren't they, though? But interesting people. We oui, we. Oui. Uh, John Cutter, played by Wesley Snipes, is a former policeman flying to Los Angeles to start his new job working for the anti-terrorism unit of a major airline. However, apprehended terrorist Charles Rain, who is not insane, is on the flight, too, being transported by the FBI. After Rain's accomplices kill the FBI agents and free him, Cutter realizes the entire flight is in danger. With the help of flight attendant Marty Slayton, Cutter tries to capture Rain and free the passengers. Ramsey wants me to hire the best person available to head up the counterterrorism unit. That person happens to be you. I don't want that responsibility. Get off the sidelines. You got to get back into this game. They finally captured the world's most dangerous hijacker. Now, they're bringing him back for trial on a plane. Notify my people. They'll know what to do. That was their first mistake. Once again, Charles Rain is in control. And how would you like your sirloin, sir? Bloody. But there's just one thing he didn't count on. 55, 56, 57. Passenger 57. I watch your show all the time. My show? Never miss it. Woo! 
Who's in charge? I am. Once again, who's in charge? You are. Wesley Snipes. No, 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 this is not happening. You, back to your seat. His name's John Cutter. He's airline security. Tell me you're good at this. I'm the best. Plan not working out the way you want it? Don't flatter yourself, Cutter. One way or the other, we're going down. No, just chill out. I'm one of the good guys. Didn't your father ever teach you never send a boy to do a man's job? Wesley Snipes. You need help? No. He's all mine. Passenger 57. You ever play roulette? On occasion. Let me give you a word of advice. Always bet on black. That's right, Bo. Always bet on black. <laughs> All right. I, I, you got to give that trailer credit. It sets the tone for this movie. It does. And it's so, if they decided to change anything in the movie, it's so interchangeable at the beginning. Right. And they've apprehended him and they're transporting him on a plane. A plane. <laughs> and if they had changed their mind, a train, a bus. A steamship. <laughs> An Uber. That's the modern remake. All right. Um, so typical first question. Is this the first time you've seen this movie? And how does it make you feel? Uh, not the first time I've seen it. It was... I don't think I saw it in the theaters, but I'm sure we rented it pretty early in its availability. Okay. And how does this make you feel? Um, amused. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it was... Um, uh, da, 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 da. I, this one made me feel... I'm going to say cotton candy. Okay. Which is not really a feeling. But it's as confusing a statement as some of the parts of this movie were. Sure. It, you know what? This is a good... Um, oh, no. Why can't I remember it? The guys at the Friendly Fire podcast have a name for this kind of movie. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm foreshading it. Okay. <laughs> Shoot. It's it's French. So. Yeah. It's not popcorn. They have a fancy word for it. Yeah. But basically, it's one of those. It's just you sit sit down. Yeah. Fire up a bag of popcorn and watch an action movie. There's nothing not, wrong with it's, it. It's tasty, but there's no substance. So that's yeah. why it's that's why it's a little cotton candy for me. Perfect. Yeah. Um, and I had not seen it before. So this is my first time watching this one. Nice. So this is one of those. And some of those, there were just things immediately about this movie that, because admittedly, I have not, other than Blade. and Pork other than Chop. The, pork Chop. they call okay. it. Other than. I I'd get there. <laughs> other than the Blade movies and Demolition Man and some others. Admittedly, I don't think I've really seen a lot of Wesley Snipes. Like, I have not watched a lot of the, like, all the different 90s movies that Wesley Snipes is in. 
I really have not seen very many of them. So when I'm coming to this one, knowing that this is kind of at the at the beginning of his, you know, streak of action movies, it did not surprise me when I saw that originally um, this was, I believe this one was supposed to have been offered to Steven Seagal first. Steven Seagal's mentioned, Eddie Murphy's mentioned. Yeah. That would have been a very different movie. And then he had a he had an option. Steven Seagal had an option between doing this one and Under Siege. Mm-hmm. And he picked Under Siege. And I think in the end, probably the right call for both guys. Uh-huh. I think Steven Seagal, Under Siege, was a big deal for him. Yeah. So, yeah. in the end. So. Um, I also believe that at some point, Sylvester Stallone... Was uh-huh. was going to be the star in this one, which is why you end up having a character named Sly. Yep. Uh, Sly Del Vecchio, spelled D-E-L Vecchio. Vecchio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Well, so we start the movie off. Um, it, this is going to be kind of a fun one to just, like, walk through the plot a little bit. Because there will be at different points in time where, let me just, let me just. Let me pull back the curtain a little bit for the uh, the listening audience here. There will be times this episode where you'll be listening. Maybe you're out jogging. Maybe you're driving. Maybe you're mowing your lawn. Thanks, Val. Um, and at some point, you may be listening, and, and you may ask yourself, did I just miss 20 seconds of the podcast? How did we transition from here to here? No, your ears don't deceive you. You didn't miss 20 seconds of the podcast. Sometimes in this movie... We transition in weird ways, and we go from something that makes no sense to something else unconnected. And you may think, man, did they lose 30 seconds of the movie? Maybe they did. Maybe. We don't know. Could have been. I'm kind of convinced one of the later scenes where all of a sudden uh, our, our hero is in handcuffs and magically at the top of the stairs, he, he, he has no handcuffs. <laughs> As uh, I'm, I'm wondering if that's maybe... Maybe it's because of the meditation. Maybe. Do you think is that like a uh, like a, a Buddhist technique where you can make handcuffs disappear? He learned it from Splinter. Yes. Yes. I mean, right? That's sure. So there will be strange things and inconsistencies in this movie. It's a fun movie. It's kind of a dumb movie, but it's kind of a fun movie too. Um, and and, and plenty of kicks to the face. So it's always a good time. And other areas and of the body. Other, many, many. If if almost getting whacked or kicked in the crotch is something that triggers you, you may want to avoid this movie. Yeah, that's fair. It's, it's, you know, if you're one of those people that goes, Oh, for the people on of, screen. Yeah. And there's, and, and not all of them hit. Like there's a couple times where like a, a combat knife gets very, very close. Um, mm. But uh, as we know, close only counts in horseshoes, hand grenades and crotch shots. Mm. So, so that's what we got going on here. Um, so basically what we do is, what I think is great about this movie is how it inspired so many others because we start the movie off with Face Off. Five or six years before Face Off even got made. But that's yep. how we start the movie. Um, so Caster Troy is getting his face replaced so that he won't be recognized by other people. Um, and then I, I don't really know how this whole thing we don't have a whole lot of setup to let us know like how the police know to start raiding this doctor's office we enter in media race i yes. believe is the term isn't it yes and uh yeah we don't know how bad this guy is we just know they want him bad right 
and that somehow he I, and I don't I don't really know how this lines up either. He stops and asks the doctor what time it is. Like did, he knows that they're going to raid the place at a particular time, or I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I we have know. we are never told how he knew what he knew. Yeah. If the doctor tipped him off, if one of the nurses somehow like right. indicated something. Yeah. He just knew. Um, and we know he's a tough guy because he needs no anesthetic. This because the doctor's like, be this, no pain. this is going to be painful, and yet he's like, there will be no pain. Okay, so now I do think there's a line in the script that might explain that. Okay. I think at the beginning, the FBI agent or police officer, whoever's about to breach, they say something about he's done this before. Yeah. So my theory is he has no nerve endings in his face anymore mm. because he's changed his look so often. Okay. That's my head cannon for that one. Okay. He's like Roger yeah. Rabbit. No pain. Right. Yeah. No pain. <laughs> uh-huh. No pain. Yeah. It's like at that point, just install a zipper on the back of his head and just right, and just know, change it, change it that way. What's what was the guy in He Man Manny faces that would spin his faces around and yes, yeah, okay. So basically, Charles Rain is Manny faces. Um, one other point when, when we get into this chase at the beginning here, and they end up catching him because the uh, the truck with the water bottles comes by and all the water bottles come flying off. Um, yeah, thank God for Hinkley Springs, man. I was gonna say logistical question: Are those not secured in the truck? Are they just all loose with the side of the truck open? Well, you know, when you're in Hollywood and you're trying to come up with a really cool way to throw around some water bottles, you put them in a big open-sided truck. And the, and the two guys carrying the pane of glass across the street were not available. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Because union issues with the glass pane guys. Well, you know, you didn't have to make the big sheet of sugar glass. You just had to get some water bottles. Right. Right. You probably just had to raid the office complex and mm-hmm. fill up a truck. That's true. Probably a quick scene. That's true. Um, and the next quick scene that we get is we have uh, we have some flight attendants. You you think that that uh, Wesley Snipes is the one taking over the plane because you think some flight attendants are are being hijacked and and you find out that basically what this is is this is the Kobayashi Maru for flight attendants, and uh, he's training them in the no win scenario. And uh, Marty doesn't believe in the no-win scenario, so she's going to go off script. And let me ask a question. Now I ask you. How is this How is this an effective training method? Like, and I guess I don't know how else you would train for a hostage scenario, but you're, uh, you're not even on a real plane. Like, it is the fakest of fakes. You know why you're there. Like, that whole scene lacks a sense of realism to me, I guess. I don't know. It's very strange. You don't find ridicule to be an effective strategy for training employees? Not not usually, no. no. Okay. All right. Well, that's, no. that's where you and I differ on our managerial <laughs> strategies. And and they obviously know that he's the security guy. I don't, I don't know. It, yeah. it was very, very odd. Yeah. I mean, I can. That's one of those cases where you go to work and you're like, "Could this not have been done in an email?" Right. (laughs) Could could you produce a video, please? (laughs) Right. I need a video for this. Like we went, we have a mock-up of a plane, 
in which we have brought everyone into to have this training session. And there's an audience. And there's an audience. what I remember. <laughs> and there's an audience. And this could have all been just, everything could have been taken care of by saying, if someone takes over the plane, do whatever they say. Do what he say. <laughs> do what he say. <laughs> yeah, that's very easy. That's that's one of those. This this was a half hour meeting that could have been done in an email. Thank you. Yeah, they weren't trying to like, I don't know. They weren't trying to teach themselves defense techniques. They weren't doing any of that. They got them all together. They got either em- other employees or actors to play the mm-hmm. um the the passengers on the plane. So this is a thing that somebody put together to tell you to do what the man says. So basically what we're saying is the airline had a professional development consultant's budget that had to get used before the end of the year. Yes. Yeah. It was use it or lose it, so they called John Cutter. And then offered him a vice presidency. Right. Because he did such a great job Right. berating the flight attendants. Right. I love, corp- I love corporate America. It's good, good stuff. <laughs> it's good stuff. Uh, so then, um, so he's, so, uh, Castor Troy is caught after the whole face off thing and goes to jail and he's in jail for an indeterminate amount of time, I believe. Uh, and his, it doesn't feel like long. It it does not. No. Like he's only there for a, a short amount of time because his lawyer comes to meet with him and we get this very interesting scene where he, the lawyer tries to spring this idea of, well, let's go for the insanity plea. Cause that's going to work. And, you know, how would you, Bo, let me ask you a question. Hmm. How would you go about proving your sanity? Well, I would rhyme that my name happens to rhyme with insane. Mm -hmm. So I would make my attorney repeat over and over that I'm not insane. Would you now? Okay. And then I might beat him a little bit. Beat him a little bit? Would you slam his head into the table? Well, sure. I mean, there's a table. Okay. There's his head. I'm yeah. angry. It's gonna happen. Yeah. yeah. I do think it does. But you don't. You're not supposed it, to do the head first because then that numbs it for any other hits that come after that. True. I learned that from the Joker. It's true. Don't start with the head. I will say it does. It it was a really good way of showing us in a very short period of time that this dude has some screws loose. Oh yeah. Like, it was an economy of scene, for sure. You knew walking out of that scene that there was no reasoning with this guy. No. No, no, no. When, when your villain, who seems like a pretty smart guy, is having oh, his... I'm sure he is a genius. Oh, yeah. By the technical definition of that word. Right. But then when you've, you know, the, the creep factor of him having his attorney sit there and continue to chant, Charles Rain is not insane. Charles Rain is not insane. The Rain in Spain mainly hijacks the plane, you know, things like that. <laughs> the life of the wife <laughs> is ended by the gun. I don't know. Yes. Yeah, a plane. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. And so you just have, you just have LaFontaine just ready to say whatever word you need. Yep. It's That's ended my superpower. By the, the bus. <laughs> what is Jerome Bettis you know doing here? <laughs> you just have him record them all. Yeah. It's so true. you've got him. Yeah. Like, uh, let's try no, that I mean, one. You just take, nah, don't like the way that sounds. Try I mean, the next one. But really, in the 90s, take that audio and just replace it with a different vehicle, and you've got a bunch of different movies. 
Oh, sure, Speed's in there. Exactly. You've got hostages have been taken on a bus. <laughs> oh, good. Let's get Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock. <laughs> on a train. On a train. Taking of Pelham 1, 2, 3. There you go. <laughs> yeah, we have all kinds of different options. Oh, yeah. Um, so then we get, uh, then we get the flashback, the, uh, we are a family friendly show, so I'm not going to complete the quote, Merry Christmas, M, <laughs> M-F-er. Um, and, uh, which, which I think is just a great way for anybody to burst into a convenience store. I, I might do that next week just to see what happens. I think you should. Yeah. I'll wait until February because then it'll be really appropriate to yell Merry Christmas. Um, exactly. You could just, you could be time sensitive and say, Happy Valentine's Day. There we go. And just see what happens. I think that would be great. I'm going to I'm going to consider doing that the next time I have there to fill my car. Just remember again. to bring flowers. It's Valentine's Day. I will. Okay. Um I'm nothing if not considerate. And uh then his wife Lisa gets killed in um in a in a way that I guess we'll flash back to later because we just met her and we care very much about her character. Yeah. Um in a scene that maybe, you know, if he wasn't such a Budinsky, everyone might have gotten out of okay for a little convenience store robbery. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. You know. He's, uh, I guess maybe that scene is there as I'm talking to you. Maybe that scene is there to emphasize why his philosophy is let the terrorist do what the terrorist is going to do and don't try to intervene. Possibly. Maybe that is some character building. Could be. But. I don't know if it's needed character building. Probably. Because once he says it in the training session, you know that's his philosophy. I don't know that you need to know where it comes from. Exactly. But, you know, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So then uh, then we get kind of this whole thing of where he's, you know, his buddy uh, Sly is trying to convince him to become their counterterrorism uh, VP. And uh, ultimately, then he does agree to get on the plane and fly out to have this meeting. And there's Coach. this kind of funny scene where he's going through the metal detector, and they keep having like, "No, sir," it's like, and he keeps taking stuff out of his pockets. The whole time, he's also wearing sunglasses and an earring. And I'm thinking, okay, dude, you're a security expert for yeah. airlines. Do we maybe want to take the sunglasses off? I'm just testing them. Yeah. Make sure they. And okay, unless I missed it, does it not pay off what was setting off the metal detector? Like she doesn't even wand over a belt buckle or anything. Like they never paid that off. I think she wanded over his crotch. <laughs> oh, okay. Did it beep and I missed it? I, I think it was. I think possible. it was another crotch shot. <laughs> okay. Well. Yeah. This movie right, is. Then. This movie is much more adult than I thought it was. Yeah, you know, it's funny. You start talking about it, you're like, uh, okay, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. I mean, the adult version had a different number in the title, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, it did. Like, uh, <clears throat> lest we forge. Um, so then we've got uh, <laughs> the next part. When he gets on the plane, and I do, I love a good establishing shot, but we have the establishing shot of this whole little montage of extreme close-ups of airplane parts. Some of them so extreme, you can't tell what the part is. Yeah. It's just like, it's just like screws. Now I understand that it's riveting, but these things are so, so up. Thank you for catching that. 
these shots are so up close. I wanted to not give you that one, but I had to, I no, couldn't I, help myself. I appreciate it. It's been a it's been a long week and it's Tuesday. Um the shots are so extreme close up that I almost wanted to take them, put them all together, and create one of those captcha images. <laughs> there you go. And like click on the airplane. <laughs> If you don't see any, press skip. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because Google needs to know what these images are because we think we want the world to think our AI is so great. Mm -hmm. But instead, we've made you classify images for 20 years. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then as everybody's getting on the plane, then, of course, we meet uh, we meet Mr. Forget. Forget. That's French. Because mm. I, I did go look this up, but I just wondered if you wondered this as well. Are you pondering... What I was pondering, what, Pinky. What you were pondering. Um, I don't know, Brain. Where, where are we going to get rubber pants at this time of night? Um, would they transport hardened criminals on a commercial flight? We were talking about this, too. Okay. Because I, I did look this up, and I found varying answers. but My guess is there were times when they would do this. But the level of criminal we are discussing here seems like maybe not. I'm thinking a cargo plane where he is chained to the chair. Mm -hmm. I suppose maybe if there was a time issue and they had to get him somewhere to stand trial, maybe... And and let's be honest, in today's world, it, they would probably just take the FBI jet. Mm -hmm. But back then, maybe not. I What did your research come up with? Well, I mean, just even in my own thoughts before I started to look this up, I'm like, let's let's just compare this guy to like a Hannibal Lecter. Indeed. Right? Are you going to put Hannibal Lecter on a plane full of people? Well, you know, maybe if he's got the whole mask on. I mean, on maybe, but then somebody's probably going to notice that. Yeah. Because frankly, you put Hannibal Lecter on a plane, lock it up, and then put up in the put it up in the air. That's like if you were locking. That's like if you did the movie Career Opportunities, but instead of it being a target, you've locked me and Bo inside of a Sizzler. <laughs> bad choice. Very bad Indeed. choice. Yes, not a bad choice for us. Big, I, big mistake. <laughs> huge, huge, big mistake. <laughs> um, that sounds like a really good time to me. Like I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of excited now. Um, let's do our own low budget remake of, uh, of career opportunities. I think this is doable. Let's, let's, okay. let's Swede that movie. Just you and me. Okay. It's, it's the Sweeted version. <laughs> uh, um, so in some of the research I did, I did find that no, you would not like, not criminals like this. You would not like, right, they, had, like you they had specific white collar criminals, yep. fine, whatever. They had specific planes for stuff like this. You would not do it commercial. Um, and even if you did, it was, it was white collar. It was like if they were, you know, uh, you know, financial crimes. Or, made or, off. Exactly. And from what I could find, for the most part, it was a matter of um, they would typically be boarded first. They would be seated in the last row of the plane. Um, they would also, you know, disembark from the plane first, um, and in, in a lot of situations, but no, you would not have a criminal like this on a commercial flight with other people, no matter how many inept FBI agents you have sitting around them. I mean, U.S. Marshals, that was a prisoner transport plane. Right. Con Air. It, 
Ding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I just want to go sing like Leanne Rhymes songs. <laughs> and grow my hair out like Nicolas Cage. As I've tried that, that does, it won't happen. It doesn't look quite the same. No. No. Um, so speaking of which, growing your hair out and having it not, not look quite the same, um, I was surprised to find that uh, <laughs> one of the hijackers is uh, Sly Stallone's brother. Not really, but he looks exactly like him. He does. <laughs> Frank Stallone with the long hair. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, you know, I, his, I guess his singing career didn't take off, so he decided to become a plane hijacker. Did not work out well for him. Uh, you find out that the very young Elizabeth Hurley is in on the hijacking. She's one of the bad people. So It's funny because I knew it. It's been a while since I saw the movie, but as soon as I saw her, I remembered. So I was trying to pay attention to see if they telegraphed it, and they do a little. Mm-hmm. She's just a little too sweet with, uh, with Rain. Yeah. So then we get to the point where, you know, as, as the hijacking starts and, um, you know, John Cutter kind of grabs Frank Stallone, beats him up a little bit. Um, then we get to a point where everybody's got a hostage. So we got Cutter's got his own hostage. The hijackers have their own hostages. Um, we, we, have, we have a bit of a Mexican standoff with a British girl, a Frenchman, a whatever Charlie Rain is um, from Spain. I don't know. Um, so it's a, it's a very international flight because we've got everything going on here. And, um, and at this moment is Mr. Security Specialist not even following his own rules at this point? Yeah, no, absolutely not. Yeah. Okay. Just think I'm sitting here and watch the movie. I'm going, wait a minute. (laughs) We've just had a whole half hour about how do as he say. Right. Didn't Hmm. you, didn't you tell people not to do this? Right. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. All right, well, uh, then we find out that Rain's nickname, a little bit after this, we find out his nickname is the Rain of Terror, which I feel like is what he would name his Apple TV if he had one in his house. Or his Wi-Fi network. His Wi-Fi network, yes. Would be, I like all the Apple TVs in our house, depending on where they are. Um, I think the one in the living room is called Read It and Weep, spelled R-E-I-D. The one in the bedroom is uh, Reading in Bed. R-E-I-D-I-N-G. It's it's all a variation on a really sad theme. I, I see what you've done there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's even in the naming of electronic devices, it's there's we don't escape the puns. No. No, no I am very boring when it comes to my my stuff. My uh <laughs> the most creative I've gotten. Every new router I get um over the years i'm going through the characters in who's on first oh nice to for my new wi-fi networks nice i'm starting to run out though which is going to be a problem soon yeah. but hey That's one problem right. at a time <laughs> which is of course reminding me that i'm due for a new router but <laughs> well it's like I, I picked up nora from her basketball practice um was it last night it was last night and uh, she just about spit out a bunch of her water all over my car because she noticed that the uh, playlist that I had created, I had created a playlist of Queen songs. Ah. And so we were just, we were going through a bunch of the As greatest, one does. As one does and should. We were going through a bunch of like the greatest hits and she noticed I had named the playlist Yas Queen. <laughs> of so, course <laughs> you did. 
So she, she and on top of it all, she does a spit take. She did this yeah, is, just about. This thankfully, is what I'm saying. Thankfully, she's not the because, smart one. Well, actually, it wasn't my car, so thankfully, she didn't do that and mess up her mom's oh, car. Oh, yeah, that would not have gone well. No, no. Um, so then we have a like a whole little series of fights, um, which I'm dubbing scrapes on a plane, and. We through these different fights, he gets to show off his martial arts uh, acumen, which, which I, I know mean, kung fu, and he does know kung fu though. He does. So he's like a fifth level black belt in something, and I, just, I mean he knows his stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I, my understanding is he started training at like age twelve or maybe even younger than that. Wow, that's impressive. So no, he knows. So when they do like close ups and he's doing his own fights and stunt, he is very literally doing his own fights and stunts. So that's a, a big thumbs up for you, Mr. Wesley Snipes. Um, and so this is where the movie gets a little interesting. Uh, Cutter actually ends up getting off the plane, um, gets arrested by the local racist cops, and <laughs> which, which is like oh, all those guys. Are, I mean, we've, yeah. we've had a few things here or there where, you know, the, the passenger sitting next to him mistakens him for Arsenio Hall. Um and uh, and we've got the you know she's the woo woo I love it when you do the woo 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 thing, and uh, so he gets off the plane. He's arrested by the racist cops, and um, somehow there's this whole series of events. Basically, it, I wrote these in my notes, and it just looks like this giant run-on stream of consciousness sentence. I wrote down: um, he's arrested by the cops. He's in handcuffs. Somehow he gets loose because the handcuffs disappear. He gets a motorcycle. He goes to the carnival. I don't know why he goes to the carnival, because how would he know that the bad guy is at the carnival? And then he gets some popcorn to use as his disguise. But why? Yeah. Not sure about the popcorn. Yeah. You could excuse the carnival because he just headed in the direction. He saw the bad guys going away from the plane, and that's the first thing he saw. Maybe. Yeah. But, yeah, the popcorn, I mean, he's not. it's not like he put his gun in there to hide it or anything. Yeah. Because at this point, I'm not even sure if he has a gun. Yeah. Maybe he took one from one of the sheriffs. I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't remember. Um, um, but, yeah. So I have. I, <laughs> I, and the I, hardened I, criminals are having trouble breaking into a van. Yes. Because they're not just smashing the window. They're well, going to use a Slim Jim? Well, cause they're, because they're plane hijackers, so they're not used to vans. Ah. But if if LaFontaine, at the beginning of the trailer, had said, and they're taking over hostages in a van, in a van. then they would down have been totally the river. down by the river. <laughs> hey, Dad, we got Bill Shakespeare over here. It's it's Bill LaFontaine. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I do want to point out that this was this was – a little while ago in our recording, but I had, uh, at this time of night, I have the notifications off on my phone. Um, it w- must have been in the middle of when we were having our conversation about why I have change in my pockets because I want to make sure I can hit someone without breaking a bone. Um, <laughs> my lovely wife texted and just said, that's why you have change in your pockets? <laughs> Maybe. Well, she knows now. <laughs> She's wondered it, it for how be. many years? How many years? It's been a long time. Um <laughs> But you know what? Now she'll never forge. Um, so we've got uh, the carnival scene is fun. A little, uh, you know, little uh, Beverly Hills Cop 3 going on there. Um, yeah. And then uh, he gets back on the plane because why not? Um, he gets back on the plane through the landing gear. After taunting the redneck sheriff about his driving. Yes. Don't forget. Yes. 
you know, taunt the, the police that were about to shoot you to begin with. Let's taunt them some more. I will, uh, I will taunt you a second time. <laughs> Which, oddly enough, sounds like Mr. Forget. I don't know, something about... Fermez la bouche. Yes. Why do you think I have this ridiculous accent? <laughs> of course I'm French. Well, what are you doing in England? Mind your own business. Ah, <laughs> <sighs> la vache. That's all they needed. They just needed a cow and a catapult. And this whole thing would have gone off a whole lot easier. Um, Isn't everyone? Yeah. So uh, he gets back on the plane. He remembers to kill Mr. Forget. And, um, you know, through the... the series of events wrapping up this whole thing we have we have some other gunshots that are just tearing open uh windows on the plane and i wanted to look this up as well what would happen if you actually fired a gun on a plane i think decompression is is definitely a thing depending on how high off the ground you are and and whatnot a bit yeah yeah a bit um so apparently there there are approximately four things that could happen uh, if a person were to fire a gun on a plane. Number one, uh, the bullet would just go through the plane and punch a small hole as it exits. Number two, the bullet could hit a window and blow the window out. Number three, the bullet hits wiring hidden in the walls or in the floor. And number four, the bullet hits a fuel tank. Yeah, the fuel tank would be the more probable thing because you got to figure that plane has got a lot of jet fuel on it. Yeah. Because it just fueled up. Yeah. And yeah, the wings are big. Like chances of that bullet hitting a wing, pretty good, I would think. Yeah. Yeah. Three, three of those things are three out of the four are going to kill you. Yeah, pretty much. And I suppose depending on how you know the little hole in the thing, you know, whatever. But yeah. Well, to paraphrase the late meatloaf, three out of four ain't bad. (laughs) God rest. God rest. RSVP, Mister Loaf. I know. God rest his soul. The only loaf that really matters. He finally did that. Yeah, he did. <laughs> uh, I did have to apologize to coworkers the other day. I'm like, uh, the, the day that I found out he had passed, um, I came into work and I said, okay, first of all, guys, I really, I really want to apologize. I tried to get all of my singing done in the car on the way here. I will do my absolute very best to remember that there are people working around me and try not to do that because at different times I do just pop in the AirPods while I'm working and I'm getting some stuff done. And I worry that sometimes just subconsciously I will start singing with the AirPods in and people would have been regaled by a bunch of meatloaf that day. That would have been uh, amusing, which, which takes me back to the whole idea of you and me locked into a sizzler. And of course, playing meatloaf I, on the jukebox. I, I want to be—I want to be regaled by meatloaf someday. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Um, and so ultimately, we—we—he gets back on the plane. You know, he—he he kills Mr. Forget, and um, you know, we, we go through. We're, we're kind of you know knocking out the rest of the uh, the terrorists here, um, and then ultimately we get the final fight with uh, Mr. Charlie Rain, who's not insane but is on the plane. And uh, we blow out some windows. We blow out the door. Um, everything is just exploding all over the place. And uh, flames, flames, flames on the side of my face, flame burning. Um, and so, yeah. So, I mean, we end up with the the fight at the very end here. And I thought once we got to the point where it was the two of them, 
you know, hanging by the door and, and not quite getting sucked out. Um, I thought this scene sounded really familiar when he just he just kept kicking him and he wouldn't go out that door until that final I have that, had enough you. of you. Yes, thank you, because I'm sitting there, I'm going, I feel like I've seen this before. I have had enough of you. Yes. And it was the third kick to the face that finally did in uh, Krug. Um, and so, yeah. That's it. He got kicked off the plane, and the uh, the a bunch of the um, people on the plane start doing the Arsenio Hall woo 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 thing for him. Yeah, no mention at any point of the fact that this is a deranged killer who has gotten away from authorities multiple times. No one tries to confirm the body. None of that. No. It's and, all good. Get and as we know, it. and as we know, that's why there could have been a sequel. There could have been a Passenger Fifty Eight. Because we know he feels no pain in his indestructible face. All he had to do was land on his face. And he's probably exactly. fine. There's so much scar tissue built up that he, he's, he's not going to be killed by this anyway. So, and there totally could have been a sequel. I th- Lost opportunities, I think. So, anyway, they get the girl. They walk off in the distance back at the carnival again with fireworks and, and whatnot. Um, and that's pretty much it. And then uh, Sly gets to do his little thing with the press, and all is good. All is fine. Our anti-terrorism program is perfect. It's perfect. Now, just pay no attention to the body bags over here for the people we're taking off the plane and the, you know, the people that were murdered. And the, It's working perfectly. This is exactly it. how it's designed to work. <laughs> and I am in charge of it. Yes. All right. Well, do we have anything else we want to say about Passenger 57 before we launch into our three questions? We dug on it a lot, but it's a good movie. Like, I, I oh, feel yes. like we, we kind of raked it over the coals, but like yeah. any movie, it ages not well sometimes. And We, we kid, we kid. <laughs> but it is not bad by oh, any no. stretch of the imagination. No, no, no. no. I it's, enjoyed it. It's It's got many goofy quirks about it. Totally. But it's a fun movie. Yeah. It's a fun, fun movie. Um, if you like action Wesley Snipes, you will like this movie because that's really oh, yeah. all it is. Yeah. No, it is it is a fun fun movie. So yes, don't uh, don't think we were just making fun of it because we didn't like it at all. It's 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 dumb but fun. Indeed. Indeed. All right. Time for three questions. I think. Indeed. He asks each traveler five questions. Three questions. Three questions. It's impossible to answer. Impossible because you don't know the answer. Nobody could answer that question. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. All right, question number one. If you were going to have your face changed to look like someone else, who would you choose? Tom Cruise. Ah, okay. Once you, when your face was changed, would you jump up and down on the couch with Oprah? 
hmm, you're just changing my face, right? So sure. no, because no. I don't know that I could get up and down well, <laughs> and okay. jump on a couch anymore. Okay. All so right. no, oh, no, I would not. <laughs> okay, all right. But I would sit and talk to Oprah. <laughs> okay. Um, would you also change your voice? Like if we're doing a, like a full-on face-off kind of thing, would you change your voice too? Oh, yeah. Okay, you'd go with a Tom oh, yeah. Cruise voice? Oh, yeah, because he could, he, yes, yes. Yeah. You're not going to do the Tom Cruise voice and like a, you're not going to do like the Tom Cruise face and a Mel Gibson voice? or. A, well, you could do Tom Cruise and Nick Cage and, oh, that's true. you know, yeah. have a lot of fun with that. That's true. Tom Cruise face, Nick Cage voice. I need the little, totally. I need the sound drop from, uh, from Greatest Generation. Um, that's a heck of a combination. <laughs> um, let's see. I think I narrowed it down to, I would, I don't know if I'd wait until I was a little bit older or if I would do it now anyway, if I could take both the face and the accent and the voice, um, I would take Sean Connery. Ah, excellent. Yes. Yes. And I, I, I didn't just choose that because we're recording this on Robbie Burns night, which by the way, I did not get a chance to get any haggis tonight, but, um, shout out to, uh, shout out to our Scottish friends across the pond there. Um, but, uh, yeah, Sean Connery, I think I would choose that one. Excellent. Or, or, um, if I had to switch it up to a different voice, I, I could even go with the, uh, Patrick Stewart voice. That would be a fun one to have. Indeed. Yeah, four lights. <laughs> I missed it. Nobody in the house got that. The other day I was like replacing some light bulbs. <laughs> I just like what are you saying to yourself? I just don't ignore it. Just, just please let me it. let me go. <laughs> the fact that you haven't figured that out by now. What's no, I don't know. What's the line from Animal House? Forget it, he's rolling. Exactly. <laughs> Germans? <laughs> Forget it. He's rolling. He's rolling. All right. Um, let's see. Question number two. Favorite carnival ride or attraction? <sighs> carnival ride or attraction. Does the beer garden count? <laughs> um, sure. Um, gosh, never been big on carnival rides. But you know what? When I was a kid. Not a fan, you know of, the, I... not a fan of the vomitorium? Oh, God, it makes me sick just thinking about it. But you know what I loved as a kid? And it's a weird little thing, but that Indiana Jones-themed obstacle course funhouse yes. thing. I don't know if they called it Indiana Jones or Raiders of the Lost Ark or whatever they called it, but they would were always playing the theme song and whatnot. That was kind of fun. Yeah. There was a rope bridge and all sorts of other nonsense. Yeah. Yeah, because I don't do well on rides. My stomach, mm -mm. no. Yeah. Yeah, for me, I, um, I always remember. I kind of always remember when we'd go to the State Fair of Texas, and they would have the, um, you know, they'd have all the different rides, they'd have the different attractions. And I remember it was kind of like that. You would have like the Indiana Jones themed obstacle course deal, except the one we had at the state fair growing up was, um, uh, it was like a haunted one. It was like, instead of Indiana ah. Jones, it was like a ghost one. And it terrified me as a kid. And, um, I, but for some reason I always wanted to go into it. 
And so I was I was one of those little kids who was like, Mom, Dad, I want to go. I want to go. And then they buy me the ticket. I get to the entrance. I'm like, I don't want to go. Well, too bad. You're going. <laughs> so that was always one of them. Um, you know, I think to the – I'm trying to think of what it was – what some of those different rides were called. You know the, the one at the carnival that you do where you'd get in, it was like the giant um, – it was like the giant – circle the giant cylinder and everybody would stand up up against the wall and it would spin around oh god yes yeah and then some on some of them the floor would fall out beneath you uh-huh yeah i always kind of liked that one it was on one of those that i think i finally realized that as much as i might be interested in trying these things mm-hmm. it was not going to be good for my lunch yeah because i do remember that and i remember the floor falling out and i remember thinking I remember consciously I was pretty young, but I remember thinking, why? Mm-hmm. Why am I here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is dumb. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely do then, that ride before you go to the Sizzler. Yeah. 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 Mm. <clears throat> All right. And last question. Favorite movie with a hostage situation. So this was a weird one for me. I thought it would have been easier. Okay. But I started to look at lists of hostage movies just for inspiration. Yeah, just for kicks. I have not seen many hostage movies, or at least many of the movies that were on these lists. It was very strange. Okay. (laughs) And I would have thought many hostage movies. Yeah. So I'm going to let you go first. Okay. Um... You know, I, I have I have a couple of different ones. You know, I kind of thought of, um, I mean, one of the obvious ones is Die Hard. Like, that one jumped out right away. I was like, all right, well, I mean, yep, that's kind of obvious. So let's, let's jump past that one a little bit. Um, one of the other ones I thought of, and I'm, I'm trying to think, I wonder if you classify that hostage or kidnapping. The well, rank- and that was the other problem for yeah. me. I was like, well, if you're taken, you specifically, that's more kidnapping. Yeah. If you are in a place and that place is, um, control of that place is wrested away and you are not allowed to leave, then yeah. that is a hostage taking. Right. So that was a whole other layer of trying to. Because you've got, I mean, because you've got like Suicide Kings, you've got um, Mad City in the in the '90s when I was like on a whole kick of talk about Face Off. I was on a whole kick of like John Travolta movies. Um, he does take hostages in that one. I remember seeing that one. That's the one with, um, oh shoot, uh, Dustin Hoffman. Mm, yeah, I don't John think that there's an example like yeah. saw that on a couple lists. Haven't seen that, or at least don't remember seeing it. One of the two. And then I thought of like um, Ransom, the Mel Gibson one with Gary, yeah. with Gary Sinise. But I'm like, is that a kidnapping movie? Because they right. kidnapped they kidnapped his son, mm-hmm. and that's not really. I don't know if you count that as like a hostage movie. Um, so the one that I ended up kind of deciding on as you know, in terms of like the quality of the movie, how much I enjoyed watching the movie, all that other stuff. Um, I think the one that I kind of fell back on, and, and maybe you can tell me if you think this is a hostage movie or not, is Hotel Rwanda. So I, I kind of was going to yeah. classify. I, I figure everybody's kind of 
holed up in the hotel. Yeah. Um, kind of a hostage situation. So all right, that's the one I kind of ended up on was, I mean, like I said, Die Hard, the obvious action answer. But right. like, for a movie that when I watched it, I was like, good Lord, this is a great movie um, mm-hmm. about a terrible event that happened. But it's a great movie. Um, so I, Hotel Rwanda, I think, would be my answer. Final answer. I don't need to phone a friend. It's Hotel Rwanda. There you go. Yeah, I went back and forth a few times. I mean, I started to talk myself into Die Hard 2, which isn't technically a hostage movie, but really all the people on the plane circling the airport are hostages, kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, then I started digging a little deeper, and I came up with a couple of kidnap movies, and I was like, well, that's not really, you know. And then I was like, okay, Captain Phillips? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of? Yeah. Um, I think I mentioned already once today, taking of Pelham one, two, three. Um, and I think when it was all said and done, I ended up on taking of Pelham one, two, three. Okay. Um, but the original, not necessarily the remake. Okay. Um, both were good. I just I remember liking the original better. But yeah, that was a weird one for me. This uh, hostage movies is an odd genre. Apparently, yeah, I had no idea until <laughs> I explored it a little bit. And I have a feeling in a couple of days I'm gonna be like, oh yeah, that was a hostage movie. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, I'm trying to picture a scene like the one in Die Hard with all the people sitting around the fountain, like being yeah. held at gunpoint, and I'm like, okay, yeah. And then I'm thinking, you know, most of the hostage stuff that's popping into my head is all from TV shows or it was like, right. you know, bank stuff. That was that was weird. Yeah. Um, I'm going to I don't want to speak for him, but I'm going to I'm going to choose what I think might have been Pat's answer for this or at least mm-hmm. an answer that I think he would be OK with. Um, I'm going to say Pat would have said Delta Force. Oh, I don't know why. Maybe he wouldn't have. I'll be curious to know what his answer would have been to this one. But yeah, uh, I'm, I'm going to say maybe Pat would have said Delta Force. If for no other reason than, than the kill of the terrorist that was hiding under the bed and then the one-liner, sleep tight, sucker. <laughs> well, that's if, a good line in, if, on any day. If for no other reason. I mean, that's what that's usually what I say when I tuck the kids in at night. But Well, yeah. yeah. Good night. Love you, Daddy. Yeah, sleep tight, sucker. Sleep tight, sucker. <laughs> Oh, my kids are going to be so messed up. Going to be? Going to be. Thank you. That's that's the appropriate response. All right. Uh, have we solved all the world's problems? Have we saved the hostages? I think so. I mean, a solid hour and a half. Basically, we were supposed to have done nothing, and we did something. Yeah, which, so you know. We, we defeated the airline's Kobayashi Maru test, which is really all you can ask of anybody. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of the 30-something movie podcast. You can find us at 30podcast.com. We are at 30podcast on most of the different social medias. Um, not the TikTok yet. Haven't uh, haven't ventured into TikTok territory. I don't know if our, uh, if our uh, visage lends itself to TikTok. Yeah. No, I, I think if we were going to do TikTok, it would have to be some of those, like, voiceover videos. Oh, there you go. Where, where we take, like, videos of dogs and we pretend to be the dog's inner monologue i'm not that because because nobody wants to see me dancing on tiktok no 
No. In fact, this maybe shows, we this could shows do, just how much of maybe an old we could man redo I am. the meditation scene with a dog. Oh, we could do that. We could do that. I'm gonna... scenes from your favorite '90s movies with dogs. Yeah, or with French accents. <laughs> it's Forget is French. We have um, now offended all of our French listeners. That's fine. I think we've got like two. That's fine. Um, they're only halfway listening to this anyway. It's whatever. Um, they're just listening to this so that they can learn English. And then, I mean, God help them when they get over here. <laughs> That's a mistake. Yeah. Let me just PSA. If you are listening to this podcast to learn English, stop. We may speak the language, but we are not a good representation thereof. Mm -hmm. PSA over. These poor people are going to come over to America and be like, Sizzler, crotch shot. I'm fine. <laughs> We're all fine here. Thanks. Wait, what? <laughs> a lot of sap. Yes. Very lot, full. A lot of sap. Everyone in America mows their lawn while listening to podcasts. That's We've learned that. and Celebrities, diplomats, all of them. And Dennis loves Howard the Duck. More than life itself. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, so those are all the different places that you can find the 30-something movie podcast. Our next episode's coming up uh, in the month of February. We have um, Women in Movies. And so it's kind of our women's, but it's ladies night every night in February. Um, and so we've got coming up a league of their own basic instinct, single white female sister act and Jennifer eight with our Patreon exclusive uh, episode on that one being favorite movies with female leads. Um, which actually I'm going to narrow that down and just say it's women in film because I think we're going to have a few different categories. Actually, I just shared the spreadsheet with you all. I think maybe last night or earlier today, um, so it's, it's you know it's time. a serious episode when it has its own spreadsheet. When it has its own spreadsheet, it's a milestone, friends. It's, I'm, I mean, I'm not going to say that I started listing out actresses and started with my, uh, you know, my my paired ranking chart and and any of that kind of stuff, but I might have. I might have. So, um, so that is February, and then in March we've got Far and Away. And around that time should be about episode 400. So around then, we're going to be redoing the first. We're going to be doing Gremlins, Ghostbusters, and Nightmare on Elm Street as our 400th episode. Uh, probably not in a Mexican restaurant this time. And Probably then, a good idea. Probably a great idea. Uh, probably in a Sizzler that we've been locked in. And I think that would work out okay. As long as there's not a mariachi band, I feel like the audio is going to be just fine. Um, and then Last of the Mohicans will be in March. Scent of a Woman and The Bodyguard will be in the month of March. Our Patreon episode, I we kind of made a mistake before. I had on here E.T., and then Jeff so graciously reminded me that we'd already done an E.T. episode about two or three years ago, um, back when we were kind of going back and trying to catch some from the 80s that we had missed because we started this thing in 84 and 85. Um, so we already had an E.T. episode, so we're switching that up, and I don't know if you guys have seen this one or not. We're switching it up for a, a kind of whodunit movie from 1982 reaching its 40th anniversary called death trap um have you seen that one i don't think so i read the description and i was like it rings a bell but oh, i also a, couldn't picture it so it's, it's a lot of fun it's christopher reeve and michael kane see that and that's why i think i've seen it because that yeah. combination is is ringing bells but it's a it's a good time. i don't know it's a good time it'll be a fun one 
So, so that's what we got coming up. Um, as always, Bo, thank you for being here. Thank you, John, for getting getting us together like you always do. Absolutely. All right, everybody. That's the end of January. We're one twelfth of the way through the year. Oi. It's right. One twelfth of the way through the year. It was my understanding there would be no math on the podcast. Um, everybody be excellent to each other. Go watch some good movies or go watch a movie like Passenger 57. We'll see you back here next time. <laughs>